listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 11th chapter. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I have to admit that the beginning, uh, when I first read this text, it gives me a little bit of the icks. Uh, just a little bit of the, because I've seen the way that this text has been used and abused in some really weird ways. Um, I, I, I have a, uh, there's this artist named Derek Webb who uh, writes really intriguing uh, music. And he, he has this one song where the, one of the lines in it is, I don't want the father, I want a vending machine. I don't want the father, I want a vending machine. I feel like that's like a part of what this text feels like. It's sort of like, so if you just ask God, God will give you whatever you want. And if you seek, you're going to find it. And if you knock, the door will open. And it even seems like it's saying, and if you're real persistent, you're going to get it. Right? So it's sort of like thinking of God as like this vending machine where we just like hit the button once. And if it doesn't come, you just keep hitting the button. You know those people like go to the elevator and they just keep hitting the elevator button as if the elevator is asleep and going, oh, oh wait, you want to go up? Oh, okay. <laughs> right? Like there's this like sense of like we want to like goad God into doing what we want God to do, right? And that's that's how you can easily. And I've seen people abuse this text to the point of like um, that that like actually they they want people to feel like if you just ask and pray for riches, you're gonna get it because then God's gonna. If you can just tap into God's blessings, God will let the the flow of God's goodness come through you, and you will be rich beyond your wildest imagination. And it's just kind of icky, right? It's just. And by the way. If that's the way God worked, we'd all be rich, (laughs) right? If it was just that simple, if we just said, God, make me rich, we'd all be rich. God would be very popular at that point. So clearly that's not the way God works. 
So what do we do with a text like this? How do we interpret it? Let's, let's start from the back and move our way to the front. So the end of the text is describing this relationship of a child to a parent. And, it, and it, it's this very sarcastic part, so it's kind of funny, you know? So it's sort of like, so which one of you would ask for an egg and, and they'd be like, sure, here's a scorpion, right? That would never happen. Of course it wouldn't happen. What parent, what parent, if their child asked for an egg, would give them a scorpion? No, but no parent would do that. So if we, dumbos that we are, are smart enough to give our kids what they really need, then why wouldn't God be in that relationship? But then it also doesn't say, like, uh, if you think of the reverse, which one of your kids asked for a scorpion, would your parents give it to you? No, of course not. And if we, dumbos that we are, know better than to give our kids scorpions, then why would God do that either? So what is this relationship with God and us and this relationship of how we ask and receive and what do we do that? Which one of you thinks it's a really good idea that you give your kids whatever they ask for? What if they say, please, 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 please. I want a mom, 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 I want a mom. Which one of you would go, okay, right? What happens to your kid if you do that? Yeah, what I, the, last night somebody said, nightmare, <laughs> right? And if we understand that, then, then clearly this relationship we have with God and the idea of prayer and living in with God's relation isn't just about asking God and then God providing whatever he wants. So there's something there that we need to dive into. I mean, it goes a little bit deeper into the text and it talks about the, per, the persistent one, the one who continues to, to ask, but it's asking for something that's not necessarily bad. I mean, you're asking for food, for your friend, right? It's not asking for the scorpion. It's asking for the egg. And right between there is that text. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. Now that's the dangerous part because it sounds like ask for whatever you want and you're going to get it. Seek for whatever you need. You're going to find it. Knock and that door will open. Now how many of you have discovered that's basically how your life works? <laughs> So where is the missing, what are we, what is the piece then that we're missing here? Well, now we get back to that first part of the text, that opening part about prayer. And what does it look like when Jesus prays? The text starts, I love how it says, it says Jesus was praying in a certain place, as if you could pray in an uncertain place. You know what I mean? Like, where am I? Okay, so it says Jesus was praying in a certain place. And then, and then the disciples said, Jesus, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. What I love about this beginning was that there was something about the way that Jesus prayed, that the way they watched Jesus pray that made them say, ooh, I want to pray like that. I there's something about the way you pray that I want you to teach us. What do you, what does that look like for you, Jesus? What is, when you pray, what, what's happening in that moment? What are you talking to God about? What is, what's going on in that moment of prayer? What, what, are, what's going on there? And we want you to teach us like any good rabbi teaches their disciple, like John taught his disciples. And so Jesus answers pretty simply. He says, well, when you, when you pray, you say this. And he starts by saying, Father. He starts by saying, Father. In Greek, patros, but in, in uh, Hebrew, Aramaic, the word Father would be Av. But we see that throughout Scripture, most of the time when we quote the Hebrew, we say Ava. So we, we can infer that probably, maybe, likely, Jesus didn't say 
father, Jesus wouldn't have said Av. Jesus would have said Ava, Abba. Now, the difference between Av and Ava is the difference between father and daddy. Mother, mommy. Uh, Christine was telling me, your father is a Syrian Jordanian, right? It's close enough. So, uh, <laughs> Lebanese and... Syrian, Lebanese and Syrian, and Ba is father, right? But then when it's intimate, it's Baba. Do you see how that works? So the very first thing Jesus does in this prayer is say it's that this isn't some holy other God out there, distant and aloof. This is someone personal and intimate, a God who's near you, like a mother holding a child, like a father holding a child, your, your daddy, your mommy. This isn't a title of just dignity. It's a, it's a personal relationship. And Jesus says, that's what you say. You know, we want to be like, well, Jesus had this personal relationship and we're always trying to check that box. And Jesus saying, no, this is your relationship. This is your parent loving you right where you are. Next thing he says is holy is your name. So understanding that God is beautiful and beautiful and, and, and the respect and the dignity that we give to this, this parent, this holy parent to us. It goes on to say, um, your kingdom come. That's what it says in Luke and in other places, your kingdom come, your will be done. So at this point, what we're talking about is this reign of God, this beautiful picture of the way the world is supposed to be operating in the whole world. What we would imagine heaven to look like, we want that to be here on earth, to make heaven on earth. We want that reign to be alive and active here on earth. So your kingdom come, your will be done, your reign come, your way come here on earth as it is in heaven. Next it says, give us this day our daily bread. That would have uh, sent off all of the good Jewish bells because when we talk about daily bread, there's a story that goes all the way back to the Exodus when the people were hungry and they, they had nothing to eat. And so they opened their tent one day and the ground was covered in white flaky stuff and they didn't know what it was called. So they said, what is it? And the word, what is it in Hebrew is manna. So they came out and went, what is it? And they picked it up and they tasted it. Now, here's the thing about it, is that manna, that stuff that was out there to feed the people, only lasted one day. They couldn't take it and store it. They couldn't set it aside. They had to trust that next day there would be more bread. So they could only have what they had for the day. So when it says, give us today our daily bread, the question is, well, what is it? What do you need just for today? What do you need just in this moment? What is today's need? I mean, so it's one thing to pray for world peace. It's another thing to say, Lord, make me, make me patient with the people that I live with and that I'm in. Do you see that? That's today's prayer. So what is it? So, so Lord, how do I know what I need just for today? And then you give that to me, what I need, not what I think I need, but what I really need. You give me that. And then, and then the next is forgive us. Forgive us our sins, our debts, as we forgive others. What I love about this is this is a backhanded compliment, a backhanded gift. You know what it said? I, so it kind of sounds like this. Lord, forgive me, and may I forgive people the exact same way that I've been forgiven, which can be very positive. Or as the, uh, the Chinese say, in a more Christianese way of saying it, is like, may the grace I receive be the same as the grace I give. That sounds good to us until we start to think, well, how much, how good am I at giving grace? Oops. 
So what I love is this is, getting, this is inviting us into this flow of what God is doing, this grace and life of forgiveness and love and life. And may the same way that I have been forgiven, loved, and accepted exactly as I am, may I live in that same way of loving, grace, and forgiveness in others. And may that flow through us and around us. May that become the flow of life in and through me. And then the last one that uh, is in this text, it says, and lead us not into temptation. It's a weird little participle phrase where it sounds like what Jesus, like what God is doing is going, come on, let's go into temptation. Let's go into trial. And we're like, God, don't do that. And God's like, oh, I didn't think of that. Let's not go into trial. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, don't, God, don't lead me into trial. And God's like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it's a weird little participle phrase, which kind of, which kind of, it, the, a way to kind of say this word, like, God, you would never lead me into temptation. And so wherever you lead me is good because you would never lead me into the wrong place. So wherever you're sending me, I know that there's good stuff there because you would never lead me into trial. Do you see how that works? So the last part of this is saying, God, take leadership. Show me where to go. Show me. Take me to those places that are good, that I'm needed, that I'm, that I'm, that I'm, that I'm striving to become a part of. Show me where you're asking me to live and grow and breathe. Did you notice that there's almost nothing in the prayer that Jesus said, which is, God will give you a Porsche. <laughs> so when we're saying ask, seek, knock, it's not so much about just receiving what we want, but the prayer is showing us actually what we want is to come into alignment with the flow of love, grace, God, godliness, the reign of God, the goodness, the wholeness. God, bring me into alignment with that. And if that's what you're asking for, guess what? That will be discovered in that journey. That if you're seeking for just personal riches, God might not provide that, but God might give you a moment of humility that you might need to learn in that time. So that the prayer is much more about saying, God, Daddy, Mommy, come close. And I want this world to look like heaven. I want it to be the right place. And so today, give me just what I need for today to help that rain come alive in my life. And forgive me, Lord, when I mess it up, because Lord knows I am a spiritual teenager and I just want what I want. So forgive me, but then Lord, send me up, pick me up, and move me into forgiving all those other teenagers around me. And then Lord, lead me to those places that you're asking me to go and thrive and go, because I know you're not going to send me to the wrong spot. Wherever I am, teach me what I'm to learn there. You see how that works? A lot different than the vending machine, isn't it? It's a lot different from what that is. Here's how it looked in my life. Uh, when I was at Ohio State, um, I was on a campus ministry salary and our car broke down and we couldn't afford a second car. And my wife had the one at home. So I was trying to figure out how to get a car and I'm struggling with it. And I'm, and I'm like, Lord, I, I can't afford a car, but I really need a car. And I prayed about this for weeks and like, I don't know what to do. God, I'm riding my bike to and from work and it's, it's a hassle and the snow is coming and I'm trying to take the bus, but it takes two hours to get back. And it's just really a pain to try to figure all this out. And the bus, I found out later, the bus, the bus has stopped after my church service let out in Columbus. And so I had to walk home six miles in the snow one time. It was awful. It was really terrible. And I'm like, Lord, just, I need a car. I really need some way to figure this out. And then one of my college students, one of my college students said, our family wants to give you the keys to our, our family van. You can just have our family van. What a stunning gift that I received. But it was a 92 Astro van and the wheels were wobbly and one would always go flat and it smelled like dog and you had to like duct tape one of the doors shut and the windows wouldn't roll down and the air conditioning didn't work. 
So what I'm saying is like, Lord, I want a car, but I'm thinking something more in the Lexus genre. <laughs> right? So here was me like asking, seeking, the door opens and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> right? But I had to learn from this moment, this beautiful moment of humility and finding what I really needed, which was a college student able to give back to me, to learning to accept grace and help in whatever manner that it came, to be humble about it, to be thankful for whatever gift came, that my daily bread came in the form of a 92 Astro van. And I was thankful for it and drove that thing for a good long time. What is it you're praying for? What is it that's stirring in your heart? And maybe you're still waiting, hitting that vending machine button, hoping that what you want comes out. Maybe the prayer today is to say, God, how do I just come back into alignment with what you want to teach me in this moment? What you're trying to show me here, show me what you're doing with this thing. Because I'm not maybe where I want to be, but you've led me and I'm here to this place. What are you showing me? What are you teaching me in this moment? Maybe by coming to that, you'll find the eggs, the food, the goodness that comes out of living into that alignment and re-coming together with that flow of God. We have, um, in a moment, we're going to do our Lord's Prayer at the table, which we do every week. And you're going to hear, uh, this is uh, teaching through this lesson with our eighth graders. Uh, we, re we rewrote this with this in mind, with this idea of this flow. So you were going to be reading that Lord's Prayer as a part of that. And then I, I don't know, you know how I like to pray at the end of my sermons? You may have never noticed, but I always pray that same flow. That's how I always pray. So listen for that. And then maybe start to live into that rhythm of that Lord's Prayer, not as simply words written down that you're supposed to repeat, but an invitation to that full life of God to come together with God and what God is doing in your life and to be living into that rhythm. Maybe, maybe that's the way to start approaching that prayer. If you'll join me. God, you are the great provider. And we thank you for coming close to us like a mother holding a child. That there's nothing we can do that you would love us no matter who we are and where we are. And God, we simply want the world to look like your heaven, your life, your goodness and fullness. And so today, God, give us exactly what we need just for today, for just a taste of that rain in our lives. God, we ask for your grace whenever we mess that up, for surely we will. But then also the grace to extend to others when they mess it up, that we might live into this life of wholeness and fullness. We ask also, Lord, for your leadership, that you would show us where you want us to go, that you would bring us to those places that we need to be, that in being your children in the right place at the right time, we might see you alive and active. God, we thank you, we bless you, we praise you, and we do all this in the name of love, whose name is Jesus. Amen.